10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, Sunday, December 10th, Cat and Hal here. Hal, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. How you doing? Good. Uh, back from Arizona. How's it uh, hanging in Maine? A lot of snow up there? Yeah, got some snow. Kind of back to the northeast winter grind. It's all right, though, dude, man. It looks nice outside. You know, Christmas is in the air. I'm digging it. That's a, See, the, the first snowfall is the best snowfall because there's none of that, like, dirt shit mixed in with the snow, so it actually looks pretty nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was literally just talking to my girlfriend about that, about how December snow is so much better than, like, February snow. Oh, yeah. When it's just, like, old and crappy and there's, like, inches of ice on the ground and stuff like that. Right now, dude, it's winter wonderland. Did she agree or disagree with it? Yeah, she was all for it, dude. Right. She agreed. I think you're a crazy person if you disagree. Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, that first snowfall is just so nice, and then, like, in February when it snows out and there's just, like, shit and, like... Just dirt everywhere. It's just kind of like, all right, I kind of want spring to be in now. I'm right there, dude. Once the snow banks start getting, like, brown, that's when you know it's, like, time for spring to come. Yeah. All right, man. Well, <laughs> a little tangent. Uh, we got pretty light in NHL news. Still some pretty cool stuff. We're going to do a Patty B voicemail, uh, Don Moore, and uh, our three stars. So, NHL in the news. Play the music. <laughs> Okay, NHL in the news. Uh, we're just going to hop right into it. So David Leggio is an American professional ice hockey goalie. Uh, he's current, currently playing for the EA, EHC, man, I don't do the German thing, München, München, in the Deutsche Ice Hockey Liga. Uh, so this guy's a nail gun. So there's a video that just came out. Uh, some guy on the other team gets a clear fucking breakaway moving in. Uh, our boy David is just like, you know what, I'm all set with this. Turns around, just pushes the fucking net off. Uh, I think, personally, I think this is an absolute veteran move. Uh, you, you know, you lie, you cheat, you steal to win games. Uh, he wasn't feeling confident. He just turned around and said, fuck this. Kind of like in South Park when Cartman's like, screw you guys, I'm going home. Something very, like, similar to that. But I want to get your take on this, and I think you were telling me this isn't the first time he did this. No, so there, some tweets came out, and I guess he used to, he's done it before. He did it in the AHL uh, when he was on the Sound Tigers. He's an Islanders prospect for a little bit, of course. Classic goalie uh, fucking shit. With the so, that, so the AHL is like, oh, Jesus, this is ridiculous. So they made up a rule where I guess if you push the goal off on a breakaway or on a 2-on-0, then the goalie gets a misconduct and the other team gets a penalty shot. against. So then your backup goalie has to come in and take the penalty shot. Ooh, I kind of like I, that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would probably I would take those odds as like the guy on the breakaway, and the other team gets to pick the person who takes the penalty shot. So, like, that is quite the advantage if you take that penalty. Uh, but if you're in a league, I mean, it's funny because we just said that, but this guy had to have like when he signed in the Dutch league or Deutsch league or whatever, however the fuck you say, it, he had to have like opened up the rule book and been like, oh wow, I can do this here. That'll be fun. <laughs> hey fun. GM, you don't know what I have in my back pocket, pal. I just, I'm just curious. Like, this can't be the first breakaway he's faced all season. Like, and this isn't the first time he's done it. So, like, what is his thought process where he's like, "Now's the time I pull out this stunt." You know probably, what I mean? Like, probably just in a bad mood, dude. Maybe somebody hit him in the head in warmups, and he was just like, "I'm kind of fucking overdoing this shit." Do you think it's exclusive to the players that he like thinks are going to score on him? Like, if it's a superstar. In the German league, do you think he'll not do it? If it's like a third liner, he's like, I'll see how this one plays out. Ah, I, dude, I, I have two things with this, man. So, uh, 
the first... Oh, God damn, I lost my train of thought. I literally had two of these. Okay, so two things about the guy hitting that off. Okay, yes, first one, the rule that you just told me. I think that's good, but I think it would be even cooler and this would never happen, but, like, let's say you put three or four people, like, along the hash mark, and you just did four rapid-fire shots, and however many goals went in, that's how many goals counted against you. <laughs> That's like that's like some NHL arcade shit. Right, that's my first one. My second one, if I'm the guy in the breakaway and the goalie fucking turns around and hits net off, I'm a fourth liner, I don't score goals, I'm probably fucking humming a high hard one at him. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so fucking pissed off if like, oh my god, I finally got my shot, like I have so much time and space, and the goalie just fucking back to me, fucking hits the net off, I'm, I'm ripping a shot at him. Yeah, I might even pull a Lucic on Ryan Miller situation, too. You're right. I didn't think about that. That guy's got to be pissed. <laughs> I would be fucking angry. That guy just kind of put it in the net and then, like, circled off and there was, like, no emotion. Can you imagine if that happened to me? I would have thrown the biggest fucking hissy fit in, like, the entire world. Yeah, I think the guy there was just kind of like he knew it was going to happen. Like, oh, there was fucking Legio again. <laughs> but huge news that I, I just read. One, this dude's from Buffalo. He's from Williamsville. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, Classic. <laughs> Western New Yorker. He probably has been pulling that one at the Pepsi Center for years. Two, this guy was named to the U.S. Uh, final 29-man roster prior to the Olympics. So Let's go! I don't, I don't know what his shot was of being a goalie on the Olympic team, but I'm all in on David Leggio, Leggio. I don't even know if we're saying his name right. I'm all in on this guy being the starter for the U.S. Olympic team because there's a fat chance that this guy, that the Olympics have a rule against this that's like that serious. And can you imagine if he pulled this out in like a gold medal game? USA, Canada. Game? Yeah, against like Canada or like Russia. And he, against one of like the younger Strom brothers who's supposed to be fucking sick, like coming down a breakaway. Like it was like, fuck you, buddy. And <laughs> just turns around, knocks the net off. That would start like an international like War. incident. So I, I am all for this guy being Team USA this year. I, I don't know if him knocking that off kind of ruins his chances because I feel like USA hockey is just so pretentious and just like you have to play the game the right way. But like for me, you lie, you cheat, you steal the win. And I'm completely on board for that guy. <laughs> Fair enough, dude. I'm right there with you. Hopefully, a- hopefully the USA Olympic team's like, you know what? We need this guy. And just nail guns, dude. Like, can you imagine him and, and Ryan Malone just like hanging out, fucking in the Olympic Village in South Korea, just like planning on what the type of shit that they're gonna do? Yeah, I think, and too, I think this guy. I think he just needs to be a guy who pushes stuff over for the rest of his life. Like in a <laughs> restaurant, if there's about to be a fight, he's the guy who flips the table. You know what I mean? Like he's got to take this to the streets. <laughs> That's fucking that awesome. I love this guy. I'm glad that we talked about him. Uh, David Leo, thank you for everything you do. Second uh, second on the list, uh, Brad Marchand uh, buried John Tavares the other night, took about 20 steps, and uh, went right for his head. I don't know if there was anything afterwards about it. This is coming from like a completely neutral dude, by the way. Like I don't mind the Bruins. I really like Marchand. I, if you're going to tell me that's not a dirty hit, then you're just the biggest homer of all time because that was like – on purpose, to the face, and, I, like, I searched Martian Tavares shit, and I think Tavares, like, slew for him last year a little bit, so I think Martian definitely had, like, his mind, like, I have an X on this guy, and if I get a chance, I'm going to try to run him over. Yeah, it's pretty funny, too, just because, like, you always hear about guys who, like, they don't care if you're friendly or not. These are two guys that, they played on the same line on that Team Canada, like, they've played together a few times in the past for Team Canada, and clearly they don't like each other when they play each other. I mean... Yeah, I, if suspension like, is that a suspension? I think I think he at least gets one game. I don't know if there's any talk about that, but like that was directly to the head, and it wasn't like he like oh it wasn't on purpose, dude. You took like about twenty steps to go do that. Well, here's the here's the good news, dude. He's he's I don't think he's getting suspended. Okay, all right. Is that you? Just it would have happened by now, you think? No, I'm pretty sure that they said he was not going to meet with George Paris regarding that incident. I don't know if that means he might get a. Oh, no, it says Brad Marchand won't face supplemental discipline from NHL. So he's not getting a suspension. Isn't that, isn't that the exact type of shit that they're trying to get out of the game, though? Yeah, I think, and I think it was a really dirty play, but I honestly, and this might be the homer in me, I think what was lacking was the execution. I don't think, like, I think he was going for the head, but I don't think he fully hit the head. You know what I mean? Like, he, he pushed out with his hands. Like, if he connected shoulder to head, like, that's, like, 20 games like no questions asked that's such a dirty hit he kind of led with his hands and like in the end like well it looked messed up like i think he kind of just grazed them with his hand nicked I, him, I think dude. if he acts i think if he actually yeah just nicked him 
I think if he actually hit him like full force at the head, that's a completely different story. But I think it was just a lack of execution. Now, uh, did anything happen after that? Did you watch that game? Like, did anything? No, that, that was actually me. Another point. Like, what are the Islanders doing? I don't care who you are. Like Anders Lee, I know you're a pretty boy. Anybody that's on the ice in that situation, and John Tavares gets hit like that, like you need to drop the gloves. Like, and they got Clutterbuck and Sezikis, right? Like, how how is not one of those guys going after him? Sezikis killed the guy. Well, I, it was like at the end of the game, so I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure Marshan did not return to the game because it was a five minute major. Oh, that's awesome! So maybe carryover for the next time the Bruins play the Islanders. Yeah, it's just. I don't know, man. I don't know how you don't jump him. Like, I don't care if you're a fighter or not. If you're the biggest puss in the league, at least punch him in the face with your glove on. Like, mm-hmm. do something. Like, give him a face wash. Like, they, like, very nonchalantly went over to him and kind of, like, were like, hey, buddy, don't do that. Like, that's not going to teach Brad Marsh and shit. That's just stupid. Also, I don't know if you saw it in this game. Uh, I didn't even know this is a rule. David Backus got a five-minute major for headbutting. That's awesome. Like, like, did you know headbutting was a penalty? Uh, when I played JUCO, we had this one kid, and it was it was a battle between me and him and whoever was going to be in the lineup. And uh, he he was on a pretty big tear of just being in the lineup because I just really wasn't that great. And uh, one game we were playing another team, and he headbutt somebody, and the G- NJCAA suspended him for like four games. So I knew headbutting was definitely a big no no. But <laughs> like, I'm a kind of a headbutting guy. Two things about this. I'm a huge headbutting guy, so good for you, David Backus. And secondly, I'm a huge carryover guy, so I'm definitely going to be tuning in to the next time the Islanders play the Bruins because they have to do something about that, right? You would assume so, dude. I mean, I part of it, too, is Zizekas had already fought in that game, so maybe his knuckles were bruised because he kind of beat up on Jake DeBrusque a little bit. But, yeah, definitely bad blood between the two organizations. I like that. All right. Um, speaking of bad blood, Matt Kachuk, I uh, got suspended in another game. With a spear on Matt Martin. Did you get a chance to check out this video at all, Hal? Yes. Um, to me, I think this is just the pussification of America. This is 2017, everything being captured on video. Because, like, realistically, I don't think he should be suspended for something like that. But if you put that on video and put it out to the media, if you don't suspend him, then everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? If that if that makes any sense to you at all, I love this Makachuk kid. By the way, I think he's fucking awesome. I wish he was on the Rangers. Uh, he's got a little bit of talent, and he's got that fucking snarky edge. And I think he just has that cockiness, and he hasn't earned it, which makes it even better. I think he's just cocky because his dad was Keith, and I think that's fucking awesome. And again, it, it wasn't like it wasn't even like a malicious spear. I don't think it was just kind of like, hey, Maddie Martin, I'm right here, just trying to get in his head. Uh, Sorry, Noah Whiteside, if you're listening. I know you really wanted me to lay into Makachuk. He, he said that Makachuk didn't have the balls to, fat, to fight Matt Martin, which definitely could be accurate. But uh, that's what I got going on right now. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, two things. Did Matt, do you know Matt Martin even said anything about it? Uh, I don't know if he said anything about it, no. Oh, uh, no, I think – keep talking. I'll look it up. All right. Well, I, I was just going to say I'm going to agree with you on one sense. It really wasn't that dirty of, like, a spear. It's not like he – when you say spear, I think a guy just fucking shoving a stick into your midsection like as hard as he can. That's like one of the worst feelings in the world. I think like classifying it as a spear is strong. I think it's like misconduct from the bench. I don't even know if that's a fucking thing that, or I just made it up or whatever. Like obviously the NHL doesn't want anybody doing anything from the bench and I understand that. But it was definitely a reputation suspension for him. I'm not a Matt Kachuk fan. We've been over this a little bit just because I think, I don't know. I think he's a little soft. I... I <sighs> I don't know, man. I think I thought it was funny how much NHL Twitter overreacted to the whole situation and like called them out and saying how dirty it was. Like it really wasn't that dirty. It was just him getting under the other guy's skin. But I will say this: Noah Whiteside, any Leafs fan, anybody in general, I a hundred percent think that the next time if these two teams play and Matt Martin's on the ice against Matt Kachuk, if Matt Kachuk has like a sense of like pride. And Matt Martin challenges him to a fight, he has to go. Yeah, I agree with that. Matt Martin actually did say something. He said, apparently I just saw it. I didn't feel it at the time. I guess he's going to do stuff like that. He should probably make a count. It's whatever. It's child's play. I don't really get involved with that kind of stuff. I just found out about it. Our PR staff told me you wanted to talk to me. I asked why, and they showed me the video. He jokingly added, I'm fine if you guys were concerned. He went on to say, it's not really my call. I don't really get involved with that. It's the second time over the last little while I've seen him do something like that. Like I said, if you're going to do it, might as well make it count and try to hurt somebody if you're going to do something that stupid. 
Yeah. I so, respect that. Like, that's kind of yeah. like a fucking put your balls on the table if you're going to do it. I, lo- I love Matt Martin. I think, so obviously it sounds like my theoretical thing that was going on, Matt Martin really doesn't care. And I think to the fact that Matt Martin didn't even know it happened or he felt it, like how are you suspending somebody for something that the other person didn't even it's just feel? It's just because it was on video. That's the whole pussification of America thing. 100%. I, I don't know. That's really, that's tough. I mean, I think George Paris has actually been doing a good job, but now we're like back-to-back kind of questionable decisions by NHL player safety, and I think that transitions into what you want to talk about next. Yeah, exactly. Great segue. Sean Avery disagrees with you big time. Uh, he sent out a tweet today, don't worry, NHL fans. George Paris went to hashtag Princeton and has a clothing line called at Violent Gents, so he must know NHL hockey safety even though he played roughly 100 hashtag NHL minutes. Um... I don't know what is Sean, I think this is just Sean Avery still trying to like publish like uh, get his book out there probably <laughs> just trying to like remain relevant. Yeah, probably. I don't. Sean Avery. I don't, I don't, Sean Avery's still the greatest of all time, but like, come on, Sean. Like, I I, I don't know I, if if somebody would you hire Sean Avery as like a, a analyst? Like that'd be pretty electric. I would if I was like gonna start like a show on HBO, maybe. Yeah, not not on like real TV. Can you imagine him in Millberry? No, that would that would that would like they would get fined so much. I mean, it would be electric. I would love it. Him, Millberry, and Ronick. <laughs> Jr's just crying in the corner, and like Millberry's just like super pissed off. But I. I, I... I just noticed this from 2008. Here's what George Barrow said about Sean Avery. He's got a pretty smart mouth. He's definitely not afraid to cross the line. That's why he has no respect for most of the guys in the league, including myself. So at the same time, this could very well be a personal vendetta from Sean Avery, who clearly they have some beef. I mean, George Paros was a tough guy. Sean Avery was an agitator. So probably never really liked each other. I don't know. I mean, has I don't. There's just like, was there anything that's like made this tweet happen like what was sean avery so upset about i uh i, I like clicked on it because like if you click on a tweet it'll say if he was like responding to something and it wasn't like in response to anything i think sean avery was just firing shit off yeah so i mean sean avery's just up to what he used to do in the league which just throwing shots at the dark trying to fight somebody so <laughs> <laughs> twitter fingers trying to trigger him. fingers dude fuck yeah. yeah um okay uh we talked about eric carlson last week about uh or the week before, about how, like, he said, you know, he's going to get paid. Uh, the owner, Melnick of the Senators, pretty pissed off about his comments about not taking that discount. Told nine of the Ottawa Senators to supply him with their no-trade list, and Eric Carlson was one of them. Is this just Melnick throwing a hissy fit? Is this trying to, like... Because I don't think that that's the last person you really want to piss off as your best fucking player. Yeah, he... Eugene Melnick is, like, probably the worst owner in the NHL, I think, at this point. Like, this is some Jerry Jones shit. Like, owners should not be getting involved in this. Like, as a Rangers fan, you're kind of blessed because you do have the kazoo playing James Nolan, like, 10-year-old boy as your owner. But at the same time, he's too busy with the Knicks. He doesn't care what's going on with the Rangers. So you guys just kind of... I'm so blessed that he just doesn't give a shit about the Rangers and he just cares about the Knicks. Because if he was involved with the Rangers like he is with the Knicks, we would be so fucked. Yeah, so that's a blessing in disguise, but yeah. I, I mean, this just comes down to like, and I, I think a lot of people from the old Northeastern Conference, or the, I forget, like the Atlantic Con- Division or whatever the fuck it is now, the Northeastern teams like Montreal, Toronto, Boston, we don't have to worry about Ottawa like ever. Like last year was Ottawa's like big moment and Cinderella they story. That good of a team, and they were like a Cinderella story. Yeah. Their best player made like a pretty nonchalant comment. I don't think he thought it was going to be that ridiculous. And it's got their owner like to the point where he's having uh, him give out like his 10 teams. And I know, I guess what Melnick does is like every year, if they're losing by like halfway through the year, he asks all the guys there towards the end of their contract to give them a 10 team list of no trades or something like that. But Eric Carlson's your best player. He should be exempt from it. It's fucking stupid. Also, <laughs> Just because we're talking about Ottawa, huge pat on the back to us. We often get most of our takes wrong, I feel like, or we're under 50%, I would assume, because we're I'm, not experts. I'm not, dude, I'm probably about is. 90%, man. Yeah. Well, we were pretty dead on on that Ottawa, Nashville, Colorado trade. Like, Taurus is lighting it up. Duchesne mm-hmm. hasn't done too much. What is Ottawa doing? Ottawa lost prospects, gained a guy. I mean, I'm a Duchesne fan. Gained a guy who was just, like, similar to the guy they had before. Yep. And now... 
Arturis is ripping it up in Nashville. It makes no sense. I don't get what Ottawa does. They gave up, like, second-round pick and a prospect or something like that for Alex Burroughs last year. Like, they've just made so many dumb decisions, and they're going to be stuck in this rut of just sucking for so long. So, I don't know. I'm not a – fuck the Suns. What do you got? No, yeah, I'm not a big Senators guy. Uh, I used to not really mind them, but when the whole Hamburglar thing happened and they were so horny about the fact that, like, they had – a goalie that they tried to make out to be the Hamburglar, and, and he, like, played maybe 10 games in the NHL. Like, fuck the Senators. I'm over their shit. They're never really that fun to play against. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we have the Senators. It's like when you play the Hurricanes. It's just kind of like, all right, I suppose I'll watch this game. Yeah, and it's it's so crazy, too, that, like, Ottawa is the, it's the capital of Canada. Like, it's pretty big. I understand that Toronto and Montreal are there before, this is a team where Melnick said at the beginning of the year he wasn't sure if they were going to be able to sell it at the home opener. They took out 1,500 seats in the rink in like the off season to make it like seem like they could get closer to selling out games. Like it's just sad. It makes no sense. They need a new guy in there who's willing to spend some money. Like if Melnick knew what was good, he wouldn't be asking for Eric Carlson's trade costs. He'd be asking, okay, how much money do you want? Let's wrap this thing up now. No, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm over Ottawa. I'd rather just move on to the next one. Um, the Avalanche say that they will likely let Tyson Yost go play at the World Juniors. Uh, thoughts on sending your young guys off the NHL roster to play? Um, I think as the Abs, they don't really have anything to lose. Like it's not like they're really making a big push. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt, kind of a thing. I don't yeah. think I don't think you see a team like the Penguins, the Blackhawks. Uh, I don't the rain like I don't think you see big big type teams that actually are relevant do something like this. If you're a Colorado Avalanche, I'm all for it. Let the kid go play. Let him have fun. I mean, he's not gonna be playing in the Olympics anytime fucking soon. So let him let him go get it. Let him get his cloud up. See if he can fucking you know get his confidence up over there. What do you got on that? Yeah, I, that's I completely agree with that. I just I think it's stupid when there are teams that don't have that great of a playoff chance, and you have a young kid who could gain this experience going out to World Juniors. I mean, I think it's invaluable. I, th- I, I think it will be really good for him and his development. I mean, the kid's probably going to be a star on the team, too. He'll be top six for Canada, have a good chance to win, get to play in the outdoor game. I think I think they would be dumb not to send him. And, like, I think NHL fans that are scared, oh, he might go get injured. It's like, who fucking cares? Like, what, what does it really matter at the end of the day? He's playing, like, 14 minutes for a shitty avalanche team, like, Give him a chance to go out there and kind of become a better player. I know the Bruins sent Pasternak, and they were still in like the playoff race that one year. So, I, I don't know. I'm all for it. I just, I just saw some people on Twitter today acting like it was like a surprising move, and I think it's a no-brainer. So, yeah, glad we're on the same page there. Yeah, big time. Um, and then lastly, NHL in the news: this fucking squid, Jim Diamond. He's a PHWA member. He covers the Preds for the AP and Ringside Report. Uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights were playing the Preds the other day, and the Preds scored, so Vegas sent out a tweet. Just I think they were just kidding around, being like, yeah, Preds scored, and now like the reporters are clapping with like a weird face or whatever. This Jim Diamond guy had none of it. Uh, tweets out, on behalf of the national media, we thought it was important to request an apology and retraction from Vegas for their irresponsible tweet. Below is the copy sent to their media relations department. I'm writing this on behalf of the Professional Hockey Writers Association chapter in Nashville as well as our entire media corps. We take exception to the irresponsible tweet copied below. It's disrespectful to our credentialed meeting. We'd like a public apology and retraction from the Golden Knights Twitter account. This guy needs to fucking go jump off a goddamn cliff. I am so sick of people being so soft, dude. It was a fucking joke. Like, I understand that you spend a lot of time and a lot of effort at your job doing shit like that. But, like, this is just a, oh, hey, everybody look at me. I'm throwing a fucking hissy fit because it's 2017 and people are allowed to fucking do this. I fucking hate this guy. I hate him so much. Like, like oh, what if it's too windy outside? Are you going to fucking start crying about that? So, thoughts and prayers to this alpha male. What do you have on this? Yeah, I mean, one, I'm pretty pumped up because speaking of things I got correct, I'm just going to keep tooting my horn all fucking podcast. Uh, people are sick of the Vegas Golden Knights Twitter account. Go I'm okay figure. with this one. I'm okay with yeah. this one. Yeah, I'm okay with this one too. But in general, people are starting to get pretty fucking sick of them. Yes. I've been sick of them from the jump, so go me. But yeah, I mean, I, I never really understood this. I understand that like, if you're a beat reporter or something like that, you're supposed to be impartial to like to like celebrating. You're supposed to just like write the facts of the game and yada, yada, yada. And I think it's it's pretty like common standard that everyone does do that. Yeah, unless, like, tell that to fucking Jack Edwards or Dave Maloney. 
Like, yeah. who really gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, writers really aren't supposed to put their opinion in it, and I agree with that. But at the end of the day, if you're employed by a team and, like, you're watching them, like, why can't you clap? Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? One, who cares if you clap? And two, who cares if you get called out for clapping? If I was this guy, I would have been like, yeah, guess what? I did clap. I wrote a I wrote an article that probably 25 people read in the Tennessee Daily Newspaper, or a stupid newspaper is over there. Nobody cares about it. Nobody cares about me. So why am I bitching about it? Mm-hmm. Why is that? So to sum it up, Las Vegas is fucking stupid for calling this guy out. And this guy is dumb as rocks for crying about being called out. It's like, boo-hoo, dude. And then I, I loved his move of copying what he sent to their media relations department. Yeah. Okay. As if it was like, balls in your court, Golden Knights Twitter account. Yeah, like, fuck this guy. Sick MLA know. fucking format, you fucking plug. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Loser of the week, Jim Dime. No, seriously, Dime and, and I, I quoted his tweet, and I was like, whatever are you going to do, Jimmy Diamond? Like, are you going to be okay? T's and P's of this alpha male. Trying to, you know, like, kind of spark a little something? Nothing. Guy's gutless. Yeah, and... I'm just looking at it. He had 151 retweets, 523 likes. There's like five old people that were in the retweet section. You can just see their little faces. So, I don't know. I mean... Fuck off to everybody who retweeted that and favorited that. Yeah. Unless you listen to our podcast. And like, it's all right. We forget. Yeah, but still kind of fuck off. Um, (laughs) All right. So, that's NHL in the news. That was a good one to close on. Uh, Moving on, we are now going to go to our Patty B hotline. Hey, Pat, tell us more about it, bud. Hey guys, this is the Pat Valentine Hotline, brought to you by the Morning Skate. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. Uh, without further ado, Patty B, take it away. Hey, Morning Skate. This is Pat Valentine here, or otherwise known as Patty B. All right, your question of the week. If you get to pick anywhere in the arena to sit for season tickets, let's just say, where would it be? Up town center? And up center, lower bowl, mid-level, behind the goal, center ice, blah, blah, blah. All right. I'll hang up now. Hope you guys get the good question. See you later. Great question, Patty B. All right, so if we can get season tickets anywhere in the rink, where are we sitting? Uh, I went to a Rangers playoff game a couple years ago when they played the Penguins. They won. It was awesome. I sat in the 200s, like, directly behind the goal. I think I'd want to sit there just because you see the entire ice, which I thought was awesome, and you're still not with those fucking dickheads who, like, work on Wall Street that are just there to say that they're at a hockey game. Like, we were still... And, like... So we were still surrounded by, like, good hockey fans, but at the same time, you're not up in, like, the 300s or or above where they're just, like, degenerate fucking people and you have to, like, worry about getting beers poured on you. So I think my answer would be in the 200s, right behind the goal, you see the whole ice, that would be mine. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I mean, one thing that, like, I never understood and why the tickets are so expensive, people who are infatuated with sitting on the glass are idiots. Like, sitting on the glass is not that sick. The view is debatable (laughs) at best. You can't catch half the things. Just a stupid move all the way around. Same thing. I never really, I've never sat there because I'm not rich, but I've always thought about it. If you sit behind the other teams or like the team's benches and the coaches are standing and stuff, do you see anything? Yeah, I don't think you do. Like, what is the point of those seats? Just hot girls to get on TV, dude. We talked about it last week. (laughs) I guess, I mean, so if I had to answer the question, I'm a center ice guy, but I would go. If I had to do season tickets, one, because I'm economically responsible, and two, I kind of like the degenerate play. I would probably go, like, center ice area, first row of, like, the 300s of the nosebleeds. Because you're at the very bottom. I think the the view is great. It doesn't, like, people act like if you're in the 300s, and I don't sit there that often. Not not to, like, brag or anything like that, dude. But, uh, the 300s, like, there's still a pretty good view up there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you still see it. Really, it's funny. I feel like the view, <clears throat> there really isn't a bad view in a rink unless you get super close to the ice then you're just kind of fucked so I don't know I mean I would take season tickets anywhere in an NHL rink I'd probably do it in a trash can if I had to alright um, Pat B also just tweeted at us question for the podcast $100 to do public skate inside the new era field where the USA Canada exhibition game will be held and you get a ticket to a 300 level would you do it um I don't really care about the public skate thing 
if you could play hockey there, I think that'd be pretty cool. So essentially, it's a hundred bucks to do a three hundred level ticket. USA Canada, I think that's gonna be a pretty fucking cool game. So I'd probably do it. What about you? Uh, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do that just because stuff like that is so cheesy. Like, it sounds cool in theory, but then when you go to skate on the ice, there's probably like seven hundred people on the ice and you can't move and it's tight and like it's like an open skate. Like, there's little kids getting at your ankles and people. And grown women like using cones to skate around the ice, or men, or men, which is worse. But I mean, <clears throat> shout out to any of our listeners right now because I got this text today, including the outside game and three metal games. You can get uh, so you can get like three games or four games of tickets for three hundred fifty bucks in like at the bowl of center ice world junior. So if you're somebody who's actually looking to spend some money and go, some of our like Toronto listeners or Western New York listeners, that's a pretty good deal. Three fifty center ice outdoor game and the gold medal and bronze medal game so that's fun yeah that'd be doable that'd be a lot of fun to go see that too i'm on board with that but uh thanks again patty b for calling in so we're past our patty b hotline which is going to lead us now into our dominic morris heroes and zeros hey fans this is dominic moore i'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here thank you dom we always appreciate it Dominic Morris, Heroes and Zeros. I'll do my my Hero of the Week. My Hero of the Week goes to Miles Wood of the New Jersey Devils. They played the Rangers the other night, and uh, he got in a fight. Well, he kind of just jumped Kevin, Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, if you were to ask me to describe uh, Miles Wood as a player, it would be a way less douchey Tom Wilson. And I think every every team needs one of those. I'm actually, like, a re- after watching that, like, I shouldn't like I shouldn't like him because he, like, beat up Shattenkirk, but, like, that's a guy I definitely want on my team. Do you, do you like Miles Wood? Yeah, I do. I, I liked him from the minute I found out his favorite player growing up was Milan Lucic, which makes so much sense. Yeah, the th- the thing too about Miles Wood is the dude's fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think people really realize how fast he is. If you're not like somebody from like probably the New York area who gets a good amount of Devils games, the dude can flat out fly. He can skate. He hits. He does it all. Miles Wood is definitely like uh, the new NHL's power forward kind of situation. So yeah, I'm all in on Miles Wood too. I didn't know that. Did he really pump Shattenkirk? Uh, it, it was kind of like he went in and he bumped Lundqvist and it was like clearly on purpose. So Shattenkirk kind of gave over and like gave him a cross check and then Miles Wood just dropped his gloves and like hit him twice and they fell into the ice. Who did Miles Wood go after on the Rangers like last year? Uh, who the fuck? It was Nick Holden. Nick Holden. Yeah, which is awesome because Nick Holden, somebody you can 100% bully. I think, uh, who do we play? Oh, Alex Ovechkin. Oh, no. Alex Ovechkin and Tom Wilson were just bullying Nick Holden the other night when the Rangers played. I was dying laughing. I, there was one shift where Tom Wilson literally had five hits on him, and it was, Nick Holden would get the puck, and he's like, seriously, dude, again? And it was like the same shift. So I thought that was pretty funny. Who's your hero of the week? Uh, my hero of the week is having games at hand. So I this is something that hasn't happened in a few years, and as a Bruins fan, I'm going to talk about it, but really it's just for fans in general. Right now, the Bruins have only played 27 games, so they have like a good amount of games at hand on the other teams in their division. There is no better feeling in the world than when your team's like in an all right position or just out of a playoff spot and they have games at hand. Like, it just, it, the op, you can be so optimistic. You can look at the schedule and be like, oh, like, we have to win these three. We win these three. We have six points, and we're right there with them all year. It kind of feels like you kind of have this mental advantage just because you're looking at the guys up, being like, "Well, shit, fuck you." We have more games at hand. Mm-hmm. Whereas if like the Bruins are in the same position they are right now, but they had three games at hand on the teams behind them, I'd be shitting my pants. Yeah. So I think I think games at hand, like when your team like starts out the season not playing as many games, is the best. It just makes everything so much easier, and it puts my mind at ease, even if like logically it's like well it doesn't really make a difference because you're still going to play 82 games at the moment being it's so much easier just to see what's going on around you and kind of predict how your team's going to do so games at hand for making life easy yeah the rangers are kind of in that spot too i'm actually like kind of pleasantly surprised i it'd be cool if they make the playoffs they won't be like a a top team or whatever but they got a few games in hand the fact that like they're still there and they were so shitty at the beginning of the year i don't know it's kind of cool at the same time, I don't really feel like they played that many great teams. I mean, they lost to the Capitals the other night. That would have been kind of cool to like win one against them, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a big game game in hand guy. That that's a good one. Um, and my zero of the week goes to Leo Komarov. Uh, before the Maple Leafs Edmonton Oilers game, they had the Toronto soccer team there for the uh, like dropping of the puck, I guess, and and. 
<laughs> fucking Komarov's going down the line, like, shaking everybody's hands, and he gets to Jose Altador, and Altador's on his phone, doesn't even give him the time of day. Komarov goes to the next guy, shakes his hand, goes back to Altador. Altador, like, looks up, gives him a quick handshake, and goes right back to his phone. So Leo Komarov got bullied by a fucking soccer player. So my zero of the week, Leo Komarov. I, it would have been way cool if, like, Komarov just, like, smacked his phone on the ice. And then all the soccer players started diving everywhere. I think that would have been like a monumental moment. Uh, what do you have on this? This is this is a pretty bad look. Yeah, I mean it's tough for Komarov to like kind of get dominated by a soccer player. One, two, Jose Altidore. Like, screw you, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you play soccer in Toronto. Like, the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs are the big team there. Like, you're on the ice for like five minutes, dude. Why don't you just get off Twitter for like three seconds for me and actually act like you care and are happy to be there? And he was the MVP of, like, the MLS Cup, which is, like, who gives a shit? So, like, guy obviously thinks he's hot shit. Maybe if Jose Altidore got off his phone once or twice, the U.S. Soccer Olympic team would actually make the World Cup. So, yeah, dude, if, it, you, if it was, like, Messi or, like, Ronaldo or, like, somebody fucking nasty at soccer, I could kind of be like, okay, like, that guy kind of has the right to do that. Like, this guy was not even the best. He was, like, arguably the best, like, American soccer player, which pretty much means you you are on the third line of a PWC team. And it's, like, who the fuck are you, dude? Yeah, tough. I mean, you're, like, tough look for both of them, but... Like, how cool would it have been if Komarov, like, smacked his phone out of his hands? Like, that is, that is an old... Can you imagine if fucking Wendell Clark was on the ice shaking all these soccer players' <laughs> hands and he got to Jose Altador and Altador was on his phone, what the fuck Wendell Clark would have done? Yeah, for sure, dude. What a freak. But I think, I think if I was Komarov, I just wouldn't have shaken his hand, period. I just would have moved on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of Wendell Clark, have you seen that video of, like, it's a minute long of just Wendell Clark highlights and how tough that fucking guy was? Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. He's very un- – I think he's very underrated for anyone who's not, like, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Like, like I've watched his YouTube highlight reels. Obviously, I wasn't really around when he played, but the guy seemed like nails type of captain. That was, it, seems like every, it seems like every Maple Leafs game would have been must-watch because you wouldn't have known, like, what the fuck Wendell Clark was going to do to you that night. Yeah, beauty of a player. Uh, shout out Wendell Clark. My zero of the week is just the woulda, coulda, shouldas of past drafts, dude. I'm so fucking sick of it right now. It's the hot. Oh, you guys are getting chirped bad for that right now. It's, it's all starting from our wonderful writer, Joe Haggerty, the biggest loser. He was on the two Karask, should be bench for Anton Dobin train. That fell apart. He needed some clicks. So now he's all over the Bruins should have drafted Matthew Barzell. Like you can't. You can't go back and just like be like, oh, I wish we drafted them. Oh, we should have drafted them. Hindsight's twenty twenty, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I, you just can't do that. Like, you know how many teams there were that probably wish, oh, you know what? Maybe we should have drafted David Pasternak before twenty five. We got a steal there. Charlie McAvoy probably should have gone before four sixteen. We got a steal there. So what if we missed on one or two players in a in a different draft? Like it all equals out. Like you hit on some drafts, you miss on some drafts. What's what the fucking draft is? That's the whole point of it. You don't know what's happening. You scout. Sometimes you fail. Sometimes you succeed. The Bruins knew that Barzell was a high high elite goal scoring player, playmaker, whatever the fuck he is. They knew that. They went with Jake DeBrusk. He looks fine. Zaboral's doing well in the AHL. The other prospects still have a chance. They're 20 years old. Why are we doing this right now? Yeah. We've hit on two. In the draft in between that, we hit on two different stars, basically. And then on top of that, in that same draft, we got Brandon Carlo in the second round. Do you know how many teams wish they got Brandon Carlo in the second round? Do you know how many teams in the draft that we drafted Jake DeBrusque and all those guys in wish they got Alex DeBrinkett before he went like 36? Are you really going to cry about this? Any fan base or team that does this and goes back and looks at past drafts, it's like, Get over it, dude. Like I understand if your if your team is literally missing every single pick, but if they're not missing every pick, like you can't do this. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. First off, like I agree one hundred percent with everything you say. Second off, I mean, DeBrus is still a good player. I I don't think he. I don't know. If, I mean, it's, again, it's too early to tell who's going to have a better career, but it's not like he's not going to make it. Let me rewind to two thousand three when the Rangers drafted Hugh Jessamine. and after them, let me just go through a couple names with you really quick who they could have drafted: Dustin Brown, Brent Seabrook. Uh, Zach Parisi, Ryan Getzlav, Brent Burns, Ryan Kessler, Mike Richards, uh, Brian Boyle, Corey Perry, Patrick Eves. That's just the first round. That is something that you can kind of bitch about. Not Jake DeBrusque being picked behind Matt Barzell when they're both in the NHL and they're both going to be probably pretty quality players. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and the other thing, too, is like... 
I mean, it was fair to start making that comparison that Hugh Jackson, the specimen, was a loser when he was like 23 or 22. But you just had to give him a couple years. Like, wasn't there still hope after he got drafted, kind of? Yeah, I mean, I think then they kind of found out, like, maybe a couple years later that he was pretty shitty. I, I mean, I just, like, he never even made it to the league. At least DeBrusque is in the league. Like, you can't be calling this kid a bust. And it seems like he's doing pretty decent, too. Like, I don't think he's going to... I think Barzell probably is going to be a little bit better of a player in terms of, like, points. But, I mean, you still got a quality NHL player, and that's just the draft. Like, sometimes you pick the wrong guy, but don't be fucking pissed off because you still got a pretty good player and a couple other players who haven't even begun to, like, scratch the surface yet. So Joe Haggerty can fuck off. All right, thank you. I need to hear that. Yeah, shout out to Jake Dabrowski. Fought Sezikis last night and scored a spinorama goal, so... That's what I'm saying. He's still a fucking good player, but... All right, uh, and lastly... We are going to do our three stars of the week. Hit it. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. Okay, guys, so three stars of the week. Uh, we're a hockey podcast, but today, Tom, is his name Tom Savage? Yes. Tom Savage got lit the fuck up, had a seizure on the field, and then he played the next fucking series before the NFL was like, hey, concussion protocol, which is laugh out loud funny um so our three stars of the week are uh, what are the three worst hockey injuries that like you've seen we're not going to talk about clint malarchuk that just kind of makes me woozy and clearly that's probably like one of the worst injuries that you've seen plus like we weren't really alive then so uh i'll start my third star of the week goes to mike richter uh mike richter his career was ended by concussions uh it all started with a shot from like the fucking center ice that hit him in the head downhill from there and it was terrible because i was always a mike richter fan and i brought this up one because it's like it's pretty shitty but two the new goalie in town henrik lundquist like you watch him play hockey like he on purposely heads the puck like all the time so it's kind of it's kind of fucking crazy you had like one of the best new york rangers goalies ever who just took a header from center ice and he's done for the rest of his life and then you have henrik lundquist who like openly just tries to head pucks so i mean technology and helmets are fucking crazy What, what do you have on richter yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. I agree. It's, it is weird to think about how like something that happened so regular in the NHL actually caused a guy to lose his career. That sucks. I honestly didn't know that. I didn't know Richter ended his career because of concussions. Yep. You never really like put one and one with goalie and concussion together, but it makes sense. So I don't know, dude. 94 Cup, dude. Yeah, shout out. What is your third star? I'm going to switch it up from what I originally thought I was going to say. We're going to keep the Rangers theme. You ever want to see when your favorite players go down? I know it was a tough moment for you when Mark Stahl got that slap shot to the face. Um, you know, he just never really was the same player. He wears a tin advisor now because of it. I don't know. It's just I all of Thunder Bay kind of just lost momentum at that moment. and The town stopped. and It's kind of a tough go to see such a great, promising young defenseman get a slap shot to the eye. So Mark Stahl is my third star. Fuck you, you, dude. (laughs) My second star of the week, uh, Dean McCammond. Do you remember this hit when Steve Downey went full tilt on this guy? Steve, it it was Dean McCammond. It's one one of those things when you're playing hockey, if you see somebody going around the net and they have their head down, you're like, holy shit, I can actually fuck this guy up. But, like, you never actually do it because, like, either you hit him wrong or the guy, like, picks his head up and it doesn't, doesn't work. Steve Downey got to fulfill that fantasy of just, like, literally killing somebody. That was one of the worst hits I've ever seen in my entire life. So I think that one would be my second star. Do you remember that hit? Yeah, the worst part about all of that, too, is it was the fucking preseason. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want that to happen in the preseason. Dean McCammon was a pretty good player, two-way player, too. Steve Downey's a scumbag. I mean, yeah, that was, that was probably, like, looking hey, back on, like... Move your computer, because I think you're plugging up your mic. Can you hear me yeah, way better. All right, we just had some technical difficulties. Yeah, Dean McCammon, great player. That was a vicious hit. Headshot, it's going to bring me right into my number two. I think these are actually the two most, when we talk about like the concussion error kind of and like what's brought on all these new rule changes and stuff, I think the Dean McCammon, Steve Downey on Dean McCammon, one second hit that really like started making people think about it was uh, Matt Cook on Mark Savard. Yep. I think I hate Matt Cook to this day. He's the biggest loser. I can't. One second. Hal, you have to stop fucking moving your computer around, dude. It's not, dude. I'm in a studio right now. I'm not on my computer. <laughs> okay. Are you good now? 
I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. I don't, so Matt Cook sees Savard his head down, loses the puck. I mean, just a crushing hit. Ended the guy's career. He didn't grimy. know where he was forever. He, what? That was just a grimy fucking hit, dude. It was, dude. It was just cheap as shit. And, like, just looking back and thinking about that, what Mark Savard could have been, it just kind of sucks. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's like a semi-pro golfer now. To shout out to him. He's living his other dream. But just, like, we're a podcast that, like, really loves, like, hits, fights. Like, we often talk about, like, the pussification of hockey and, like, how everything's kind of, like, becoming Nance, like, just kind of, I don't know, softer. But those are the hits that do need to leave the game. And, like, I think that did, like, start this whole kind of revolution. So, fuck Matt Cook and shout out to Mark Savard. No, um... Question for you: Is he still getting paid, or is his contract finally expired? I think his contract ended last year. I, I think, yeah, I know when he was thirty nine. He's forty years old, so last year was his last year getting paid. So he's off the books now. But I mean, uh, if you think about it, you guys were robbed of having like Bergeron, Krejci, and Savard down the middle for how many years? Could you imagine that shit? I know the fact that we won a cup with Adam too was kind of nuts to think about when he was such a big part of our team. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I agree with that one. And my first star goes to when Brent Seabrook killed David Backus on national TV. Um, ugly fucking hit. The worst part about it is uh, Lady Bing winner Duncan Keith going wakey-wakey Backus as Backus is just laying on the ice like dead. Uh, that was one of the biggest hits I've ever seen. I've always been a Backus guy because he was Captain America a couple years ago before the Olympics started. Who did he go out and fight? He fought like... Uh, Fought Corey Perry. I think he may have fought Rick Nash. He he kind of did his whole thing where like before the Olympics started, he wanted to let the Canadian guys know like I fucking hate you. Um, tough to see because Backus is also a goddamn warrior, and I I I mean I like Brent Seabrook. It was just pissed me off that Duncan Keith felt like he needed to be relevant when he puts up maybe four penalty minutes a year. Yeah, and I com- I completely agree with all of that. And the funniest thing too, while you're talking about that, I just went back and looked at it just to talk about how big of a nail gun David Backus is. Oh yeah, he was like he was knocked out and he got up and he started going after Duncan Keith like he wanted to fight after yeah. that hit. Like that is insane. Most guys just lay on the ice and take it. He got up and tried to charge after Keith. I completely agree with everything you said on that. I like Seabrook too. I think he's an awesome defenseman. I think uh, Blackhawk fans are starting to sour on his contract a little bit. Who gives a fuck, older. dude? He may be one of the last true great stay-at-home defensemen. Yeah, no visor. He's just a beauty. Hammer and like from a the point. Canadian guy. Yeah. I, I love Seabrook. Well, it was a dirty hit, though. You're absolutely right. And, uh, yeah, Duncan Keith can suck a fart. Uh, I'll go my number one. 2010 Western Conference Finals. Oh, perfect transition. Duncan Keith takes a slap shot, hits Sammy Sallow in the testicle, goes <laughs> down. It ruptured his testicle. He had to get it surgically repaired. I mean, as a hockey player and a hockey fan, that's like your worst fear. There were guys I remember growing up with that didn't wear cups, and I thought they were absolute animals. Like, yeah. I think you're that's like like a pretty like people inside should be that guy's a psychopath if he doesn't wear a cup when he plays. His beard gets one thing, but if you're gonna block shots without a cup, that's insane. He had a cup, and his slap shot literally punched his ball. So I mean, that's like the toughest injury of all. What you got on that? That. I mean, as a guy who's been hitting the nuts more times than I would want to, I can't imagine what it'd feel like to get one just blown up by a hockey puck. Like, blown up. And, like, he he had to have had a cup on him. He did, yeah. So, I, like, oh, my still, God. I, I just, the other thing, too, is, like, if I was Sammy Sallow, <clears throat> who was actually, like, a pretty good defensive defense in this day, I actually like Sammy Sallow, um, I don't think I would ever be able to block a shot again. I'd be so scared every single time. Or I know my hand would be protecting my balls. I I would not be able to block an NHL shot again after that. Would be PTSD to the max. Yeah, no, for sure. I didn't even think of that. Like, how how do you even come back from that? That's fucking. I don't think you can. But um, all right, yeah. I th- I think our three stars. I think we kind of nailed that. I mean, clear. We missed some like Nathan Horton dying. That was pretty bad. Uh. Last year, fucking Roman Polak, him just snapping his leg in half. I mean, Alexei Sharapanov died. So there are a bunch of injuries that happened that were pretty nails. But I think those were the ones that kind of, like, stuck out to us the most, you know? Dude, I, when you're looking at this, I was just, like, looking around for injuries. I didn't know. Bill Masterson, I, did you know he died on the ice? No, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, he took a hit and he fell backwards and landed on his head. This is before helmets and he hit his head on the ice and he died and that's where that trophy's named after him. I had no idea. Remind me, I'm drawing a blank. What is the Bill Masterson trophy? That's the that's like the I don't get penalties award. I thought that was a Lady Bing. Oh no, you're right. Never mind. The Masterson's like the Don Moore Award, Perseverance Sportsmanship. Oh, uh, okay. All right, that makes sense. So that makes sense. But yeah, I never knew that. I never knew that's why I was named after. So shout out to guys who wore no buck is playing hockey because that's insane. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right, guys, that was our uh, podcast this week. Adronic Thunder uh, videos dropped in this Tuesday, I'm pretty sure, sometime early this week, so that'll be fun to watch. Um, Hal, do you have anything else for the boys? Excited for the video, dude. Video will be good. Also, Hal and I are going to uh, Christmas Eve, Eve, uh, Boston Bruins, Detroit Red Wings in Boston. <laughs> Uh, that should be pretty fun. Maybe we'll try to do something when we're out there. So that'll be cool. If any listeners are from Boston, let us know. We'll we'll try to get a beer with you before the game. So. Oh yeah, I mean it's just always fun. All right, all right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Fucking idiot. All right. Man. Motherfucker, follow the nigga around, dude. That's real. Fuck these failures. I don't wanna run. run no more, but I know that if I stop, I'll be another nigga headed to heaven, hanging with pop. These motherfuckers look at me like I'm a slanger, making threats to my family, dog. I'm in danger. Who do you call when these agents want you dead? And they hit these penitentiaries and niggas make a pledge, so I dip and duck the fed. All my homies stuck out on indictments, caught up on the phone talking prices. 25 to life's the mandatory minimum. My whole community gets treated like they criminals. Frank and bitches getting motherfuckers hung. Gotta see I on the inside and everybody's song. Mothers and fathers separated from their sons Households are broken, you couldn't hold your tongue If it's yours, say it's yours, take the case, do your time when you was out here getting money from it, everything was fine Now you crying in your jail cell, stressing on the case And the DEA is at a nigga every other day I can see it in your face, in the middle of your soul You in question of your manhood, homie Keep it cold. We don't talk to police, we don't make a peace bond We don't trust in the judicial system, we shoot guns We rely on the streets, we do battle in the hood I was born in the G-code, embedded in my blood we don't talk to police, we don't make a peace bond We ain't trusting in the judicial system, we shoot guns